0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Laws and Grace. I'm Laws. I'm Grace. And today we're here with Tana. <laughs> so... <laughs> um so excited to be here with Tana today. She is a actress, one of my favorite actresses personally. She is the assistant director of Evermore Park here in Pleasant Grove, Utah, and she is a dog lover and dog knowledge knowledgeable of dogs, <laughs> and uh, just one of the best people that you'll meet. Everyone who meets her is like you. Everyone who meets Tana remembers her in a good way, because I guess other people are memorable in bad ways, but. <laughs> because she is so fun and such a light and so we're excited to have you I keep saying I'm going to be shorter on the intros and then whenever I am
1: they ramble on but thanks for joining us well that's really nice of you to say all that kind stuff I love you too mutual
0: mutual love here um okay so I'm just going to talk about or I'm going to ask you about one thing real fast because I know about it which is uh a project we started doing which combines your love of theater and your love of onesies because it's called you're the onesie i want <laughs> and tell us about that and what you do
1: well first the credit really should go to you because you're the one that was like you should start doing this and also here's a good name for it and i was like you're a genius i do love puns but, <laughs> but you're the talent yeah. um so you're the onesie i want is A channel, a YouTube channel, Instagram, um, so TikTok, just you know, social media in general page where we sing Broadway songs and onesies, and there's no gimmick, it's just us singing live. And sometimes we do throw in a little character work, but it's really just being comfortable in a onesie Mm -hmm. and showing off talent of people that I keep meeting that I think should have the opportunity to be on Broadway. So Mm
0: -hmm. so yeah. And it's great because you all are really talented. You're just also comfortable instead of being in like whatever costume or mm-hmm. whatever. Tell us about some of the onesies that you have, some of the different ones. So people get like a visual.
1: Um, it ranges from Superman to The Little Mermaid. I just recently purchased a um Cheshire cat onesie because we're doing a Halloween themed um at work at one of my my one of my many jobs um <laughs> um we're doing alice in wonderland themed and i am the cheshire cat so i was nice. like
0: onesie for that yeah. there's a onesie yeah. for everything where do you acquire these onesies? yeah
1: that's what i was wondering <laughs> listen listen i get really excited about this because from the months of september to october sometimes in the december times we skip november because they take them away um it's the onesie season. So I highly recommend the Walmart. They have the most variety and character sometimes target Mm -hmm. shout out to target. I love you so much. Um, I (laughs) I, I do. I love them. Um, sometimes they have some, but if you are a bigger person like myself, a pleasantly plump, as Mm -hmm. I like to call it, um, Walmart has more variety in size. And then of course, Amazon, because you know, Amazon.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Amazon probably has them all year round. Right yeah 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 that was one plus for amazon i guess um so target yeah when i looked at target they had a bunch of animal ones Mm -hmm. but you also have you have like harry potter they're like you said superheroes so also easy halloween costume
1: Mm -hmm.
0: this is probably coming out right before halloween so last minute halloween costume go to the walmart get a onesie be comfortable eat candy oh yes enjoy your life.
1: Enjoy your your life.
0: Life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Have you always been a onesie connoisseur?
1: Do you know what my, I mean, I'm sure I had a onesie when I was a small baby, but my first onesie that I remember I was at BYU Idaho and my mom got me a Garfield onesie for Christmas. And it was, it had footies. It was, mm-hmm. it's, I think I have three that have footies. Well, that was my first onesie and it kind of ignited this obsession. And then when I was on my mission, she sent me a Grinch onesie. Mm.
0: Um,
1: and then uh, it kind of just became a thing. I just really like them. <laughs> They're very soft.
0: <laughs> they are. I, this one you're wearing is very soft.
1: <laughs> uh, if you see, if you follow, um, I call her Low, but if you follow Laws on TikTok, you'll see a video. <laughs> <laughs> a video of us and I had to take a work phone call um and so she was filming the thing and there was a bit of a dance and I somehow magically was right on beat so go check that out because it's really funny <laughs> it's just a happenstance moment but yes to answer your question grace yeah kind of for the last oh, how old was your, I I was 18 life, yeah yeah my whole eight, my whole my 18 20, math a long time <laughs>
0: Adulthood. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just say adulthood. Yeah. I feel like a onesie collection is a collection of I would I would aspire to. There are not many things like rock collections, hat collections, sticker collections. No, onesie collection, you've I'm listening.
1: <laughs> I once had a goal to have 365. <laughs> I'm currently at 38. <laughs> I have, I lucked out in, in my house, in my flat, whoever's listening to this. Um, we, um, I looked out and the room that I'm in is in the basement and it has two closets. They're not huge, but one is solely dedicated to my onesies.
0: I'm going to say to have 300, that's like a whole house full uh-huh. of onesies.
1: I would be like tan France, but with onesies. <laughs> like he's got, there's a rumor that he has two houses
0: <laughs> one has
1: and one's closed, and one's his house that he lives in. <laughs>
0: I believe that. <laughs> 30, I mean, you have one for every day of the month. That's pretty good.
1: I do, but I will say <laughs> because I slowly, I have, I don't know how, how much information, but you can edit this out, but I have PCOS, so I can't lose weight. I just slowly, slowly gain it. Um, I could lose weight. It's just, it's really, really, really challenging for me specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So the onesies that I have from years ago, they don't fit anymore, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we, I film onesies with my or onesie videos with my friends. So they tend to wear them,
0: Mm -hmm. which is nice. You have a warehouse just for I do. for needs, for whatever <laughs> needs. Let's talk about let's talk about Evermore Park because I feel like you need to set the scene.
1: And it, so you're the assistant. I'm the assistant director of entertainment. And I'm also the casting director. Oh, okay. So Evermore Park to answer your question, what that is. It's a fully immersive theme park. Um a lot of people think a theme park is like say Six Flags or um, even Disneyland. But um, Evermore is actually the attraction are the characters that live there or the actors that are there. So they come, they bring to life a story every season. Um, and so if you like things like Dungeons and Dragons or Dandy um, video gaming in general, you can come in and you as the World Walkers, what we call them, but they are patrons of the park. You can go on quests and essentially influence what's happening in the town. You can become something that you wouldn't think that you could, which is like, say, a dragon trainer or um, a, a goblin, a troll, that kind of stuff. It's it's just a place where your imagination can actually come to life. It's it's wonderful. And, in cosplay, anything where if you like to play that kind of stuff, so that's what Evermore Park is essentially. It's just a fully immersive theme park.
0: And like, explain to us, since this is a audio medium, like kind of what it looks like. Like you walk in, and there's different buildings. What are some of the different buildings?
1: Yeah. So, um, like any functioning town, there needs to be a tavern. There is a place called the Burrows. That is where a lot of our mythical creatures live. Like dwarves and trolls and goblins, we have a mausoleum, which is our um, building next to our graveyard. We've got a courtyard. Um, it's very 1800s aesthetic. Um, so cobblestone streets and and hay for roofs, and it's it's beautiful. And one of my favorite times is when there is nobody in the park <laughs> because. Our AV team does a beautiful job of bringing it to life with just the lights, but it's, it's beautiful and peaceful and serene and landscaping. We have, we have hills and we have trees. We have animals that live there that roam around now, ducks and, and chickens and alpacas and llamas. And it's, it's a fantasy world that comes to life. It's, it's beautiful. So if you, if you want to transport yourself, if you live in America, and you want to feel like you're in England in around the 1800s. It's a wonderful place to go just aesthetically. And then you get to do other things, meet dragons and ice trolls and all that fun stuff. I
0: did, I did meet a dragon when I went the first time. <laughs> I also. I love that you keep addressing our hypothetical international audience. <laughs> you're like, you live Listen, in America and before you're like, <laughs> Hey, funny. we do have a few. We do have a few
1: international audiences.
0: We do. Um, <laughs> I like to of- think
1: about the general audience and I like to think that you're so influential because you are in my life that people in other countries are being blessed with you. No, we definitely experience. are. So
0: We definitely are. I appreciate you acknowledging them. <laughs> um, so what, how do you like cast for each? So the way Evermore works is there's different seasons. So you'll have like, is it fall or Halloween or like how are the seasons broken up and how do you determine like
1: how each season will go? Um, Super good question so we have currently we have three seasons there are our current season happening is called lore it's our spooky times um, and then Christmas time we have what's called aurora and our summertime season is called mythos Mythos is our more fantasy, like hardcore fantasy. So you see a lot more of those creatures that you want to see, like uh, a troll or um, a dwarf. We've got satyrs and, and that type of fantasy. And then lore is the spooky time. So vampires and, and goblins and well, goblins are all year round, if I'm honest, because they're, they're pretty great, but (laughs) A um, little bit darker type characters and we have a haunt as well and um a haunted circus there's a lot of a lot of really cool aspects that come with each season and then Christmas time is the magic like super magical so um we've got we've got Santa and not the like copyrighted Coca-Cola Santa but just <laughs> Evermore's version of what Santa Claus is Saint Nick Saint Nicholas yeah and um elves and and witches and warlocks last year our aurora season was um heavily influenced by claymation type christmas films so it it's just bringing to life things that you grew up watching and you just absolutely love it but to answer your question on how um we cast it and and how we decide what it looks like Um, the owner of the park has a pretty significant influence on what he would like to see. And then we base our ideas on that. My boss, Adrian, is one of the most creative people I've ever met. She's also very well-versed in how, in social media and, and current trends. And so she does a great job of bringing together current influences with, with fantasy influence. Um, And she works for Disney. So she has a very good idea of what works for theme parks and what doesn't, especially with character interactions. So we'll sit down and we'll have meetings about what the owner would like. His name is Ken Brett Schneider. He's lovely. Um, He's got great ideas as well. And then we will build based on that. Then my job is to orchestrate um, the public and and their auditions, see what they can bring to us. So we look from anything from um incredible improv people to um if you've ever heard of Masters of Dueling, this is it, they're based in Utah, but essentially they teach you how to properly sword fight. Mm-hmm. Um knights, they're like literal knights. Mm-hmm. Um, but they teach how teach you how to do that. They it's 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 a whole fantasy realm so things you've seen in like at the Ren Fair it's it's more accessible at Evermore Park
0: Renaissance Fair
1: yeah the Ren yes excuse (laughs) me Renaissance Fair um but yeah so I organized that I have a list of the characters that we're looking for um aesthetically as well as skill in general so um if you have an ability to play an instrument whether that's we've had harpists we've had bagpipe players guitar violin viola flute um they all really help influence the aesthetic of the park and bring to life this living breathing town that we want you to be able to transport yourself in it's almost like a movie you know how you like go to a film and you're you just want to be Taken away from whatever mm-hmm. real world problem you have. That's essentially Evermore Park. And so our characters that I bring in, or our actors that I bring in, help us create that. Um, and then once the season is or once it's underway, we have count, we have countless meetings about um how we want the characters to move, how we want them to speak. So I'm the dialect coach. Um, Adrienne is a dancer, so she and because I have um a rather large resume with theater musical theater specifically there's a lot of movement that can help us bring to bring to life a character and so we'll work on that and I will I'm also the one that uh, I'm also considered the bad guy on the team so if something happens where a character or an actor takes the story in in their own way if they want to have a little bit more of a look at me moment, I'm the one that has to reel them in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like on, yeah, there's always that like one person, I feel like in improv groups, who's like trying to steal the show Um, when it's like, no, you're all supposed to be equal. Well, you probably have some characters that are going to be bigger Yeah, in some seasons. But,
1: but every character is super important. Like they all bring an element and we try to make sure that we write and set up these characters to where each of them have such a, an individual but powerful and long-lasting influence mm-hmm. that every character is important it just so happens that there might be a more more powerful magic user versus uh, uh say the postman that oh, lives there
0: yeah so some people like somebody would like win in a fight over somebody else because of their I feel like this is a and d thing right it is you yeah. know what? where it's like you can't <laughs> say that you're stronger than this other character or what? Like, there even in fantasy land, there are rules, right? Yeah. Like, and you have to. Do you have like a? I know sometimes people like with shows they'll have like a show bible or um you know something that's like these are the rules of the land and do those change season to season or do you have like rules of like I don't know you know like the Seasonal. the logistics of the magic right yeah. so that it stays consistent magic or. Skills or whatever it might
1: be. Yes, to both. We have, um, without going too deep into my yeah, NDA, Can you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do. We, I mean, because the seasons change and the story changes so much. Our We have an incredible writing team. Mm-hmm. Um, one I with the current creative team, I've been there the longest. But on our writing team, there's a gentleman who's been there the same amount of time that I have. So he and I have been there and have seen the different ways that things have been been done and we have molded it into um a little bit more of a um realistic thing mm-hmm. but each season comes with different um policies and procedures that we follow yeah. but we but it is a a company it's a business so we also have the policies and procedures that our employees would follow or independent contractors oh, yeah. is what they are called but but yeah as far as the improv, we work on that. The dialect, all of all of those rules are the same, and staying in your lane is universal. But <laughs> it's
0: a universal there are things skill. that
1: <laughs> every job, yes, active listening and staying in your lane is very important in any performance, but just in general in life, that's a good good rule of thumb. I think that everybody should follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yes, that was a long winded answer to both.
0: No, that was great. Um, how do are you? These, sorry, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Um, are, are these characters, is this like a full time job for them or is this like a
1: side gig or like how does that work? So um, they're seasonal. So we do, they're called independent contractors. So for a professional performer, um, <clears throat> at least here in Utah and say Broadway or um, that vain. Um, you are your own business. So evermore contracts, people out for the season and our seasons are performance nights are only Friday and Saturdays. The current season that we're in lore, we do have more show performances and every season we do write into the contract that it's possible. We will add to, um, the performance week. So, um, it's very possible that they will have more work during the lore season in our summer season. But it's just Friday and Saturdays essentially. So, and then I have auditions every season. And yeah. your job is to find those those people and cast them, and that's fun. It is really fun. <laughs> I love it because <laughs> I'm I'm for the longest time I've been the one that's been auditioning. Um, I I actually never auditioned for Evermore Park. I got pulled in to be one of their carolers. Um, so I never auditioned auditioned um they did the formality of bringing me in and interviewing me and and all that fun stuff but they were like yeah you're gonna start this date it's so funny because it was it opened evermore park opened in 2018 and (laughs) i didn't have a costume (laughs) this is so funny i remember that i never i didn't have a costume until about halfway through the christmas season so they were like you have onesies wear the christmas onesies and when it's time for the carolers to sing, you just hop on in and then you step back out. And and so I would, that's what I would do the first season. (laughs) It's so funny, but yeah. So um, it's interesting being on this side of the table. Um, Now I have a better understanding of what the casting directors go through. And I also, I I think it's so important for casting directors to have performed and gone through what their auditioners are going through so that you have a little bit um, of empathy with nerves. Um, And you also have to have an imagination to see or to imagine fully what they can do. Like you're looking at their resume and stuff, but a lot of times people resumes don't match what they do both good and bad. Um, So there have been, luckily I will say with our current team we've done a really good job for the most part of bringing people in who actually match their resumes um but we've had some people who have stacked their resumes and made us think something and and then it ends up not being the best fit but you know we work with it we're flexible <laughs> but yeah so my dream job is to work for Disney as a casting director i one day <laughs> one day but i i really love it and i'm i get to work with one of my best friends who her name is Adrian shout out to her. Um, she, she came in into Evermore park as a performer a season after me. So she started in mythos, our summer season, 2019, and then we bonded and she was so lovely and would do my hair because at the time I didn't know how to do a, like a ballet bun. And then I learned how to do a sock bun. <laughs> so yeah, that's long-winded, but you're welcome. <laughs> no,
0: that's, why we, that's why we invited you to so talk. Um, Yeah casting I think people have no idea I it's honestly like I feel guilty whenever I'm working on a film of like casting is just like it doesn't matter how good you are sometimes like if you're you have to be good but then after that for for actors like you have to be good and then after that it's just freaking preference it's like the casting director the director the producer they just come in with some preference or preconceived notion of what yeah, a character absolutely. should look like. And you could be like two inches too short
1: two inches or too, too fat. tall. Yeah. That's my struggle. I'm a pleasantly plump individual. I'm a chunk. <laughs> so that's, that's something that I struggle with is landing roles based on what I look like. I'm not the typical raven hair or blonde bombshell. So that's, that's a struggle in itself, which is interesting but I agree the casting directors really need to they have to there's a lot of trust that goes into a casting director because the director will be there the director of the show will be there which in my case my is my boss Adrian, and she's got an idea of what she wants for the whole thing the whole concept of the whole thing And my job is to to help facilitate that by finding the best people to execute it and um it's intimidating and and a little bit stressful when you have this concept that you need to fill and you're not exactly getting that. So um then that's where a little bit more work on my end comes in when it comes to the coaching and the and the character concept. But um I'm also very intimidating as an individual. So if any any of you guys come and audition for Evermore Park, um we we are trying to Help change this kind of um nonchalant attitude that comes with Evermore Park specifically. Um, but a lot of, I mean, right now we're struggling with apathy all throughout the the world, if I'm mm-hmm. honest. Um, but it's it's that is true. You you don't get to just make your own schedule. It's a job. Mm-hmm. Um and so at at auditions, people will come in and just be like, Oh, I can do whatever I want. And, and though it's very lighthearted and fun and we're there to help you feel like you're doing a great job. I'm also very much, okay, we're done. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm very curt because it's, I've got a schedule to keep, I've got deadlines to meet. Um, so it's, if you ever come, I'm super, super nice. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm also very, very professional and I put on a work face I, and
0: I have a work face too. Yes.
1: It's a very time and place. And when I'm at work, it's I'm focused on that and getting my task done. If you don't fit that, thank you for your time. Well come back later.
0: <laughs> and you're also dealing with the fact that you have kind of intense fans or patrons of Evermore, right? Yes. That they will like call you out probably for inconsistencies or like, or maybe they just are critical in general. <laughs> have you had to deal with that? Cause it's like again, I feel like these fantasy type fans. And throw back to a super old episode where we talked about being a fan with Cindy. Um it's like people who are fans will like poke holes in everything, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Have you experienced that?
1: Yes. <laughs> um it's interesting because of the fandom of Evermore Park, we ha- it's it's different than any other fandom out there. Um, because with movies, you can't really touch these characters, right? The actors bring them to life and you will never meet the character unless. I don't know, Loki comes out and it's actually Tom Hibbleston, yeah,
0: kind of at Disneyland, right? Kind Loki, of a little bit, but they're not in the world, right. Creating a story. You just like, go and hug them or whatever.
1: yeah. And Disney does, I mean, we're we're really working on this as well, but Disney does a great job of um drawing the boundaries of making sure that their actors who are performing these well-known characters you don't see them you don't know who they are mm-hmm. um but we have the fandom at evermore actually wait a, a lot of our diehards will wait for our cast members to come out mm-hmm. um and so we've got a little bit of a struggle in that regard but once people know who you are like in my case i've been there from the beginning um so i played i've played quite a few characters but my longest running character um she went through it in story I was. I was
0: you got elected mayor.
1: I did. Um, and that was solely just because people like you. I was nice. I was a nice character. You can say
0: that, <laughs> that people like you.
1: I, I'm a charismatic person in general, but people would gravitate towards her because she's more approachable. But um, not to say that other characters weren't, but just in general, she was the first face you saw when you came in and she would tell you how to evermore. Mm-hmm. Um, but people would specifically when I played her, um, because she was the mayor, they would take things a little bit far. I got followed home. Um, I was stalked. I was touched inappropriately in the park. For
0: real? (laughs) I didn't know about that.
1: Um, And so because of that experience, we're, we're a lot more intense with the safety of our actors. Not that they didn't care in the first place, but it was such a new thing; they didn't really know how to navigate it. Yeah, I probably didn't expect that. Yeah, and so we're we're five years in now, and we have a pretty good system set in place. But as far as as far as the fan goes, they are so loyal, and some of them have actually become some really good friends of mine who I just think are absolutely lovely. And they collaborate with the park now as um, photographers or game makers. And um, if you do it right, and you do it in a kind way. Kindness is going to get you so much farther than anything, anything else. But, yeah, our we have a wonderful fan base, um, and sometimes they can be a little bit intense, and we just have to figure out how to navigate it. And and that it's also expected that both the actor and the patron or the world walker um, understands that there is a line that should never be crossed. Um, and so we're we're doing a lot better with drawing that line, but. Every every once in a while things bleed into each other. Um
0: people no.
1: I'm just shaking my head. I'm like,
0: <laughs> don't touch people inappropriately.
1: You should that stuff is okay. I, I was known as the the actor that would break character and kick people out because good. that's not okay. Yeah.
0: Well, because yeah, at Disneyland they have their people. Yeah. What are those called?
1: Like cast their, members?
0: No, but the people who escort them around. Just No, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like every character has a little like crony (laughs) to be like get back yo they like protect um but if you did that in evermore i would kind of like take away from it because you really are evermore is like fully immersive Mm -hmm. like um i mean you could do it i'm not saying but you know what i mean you can't do it in the same way as disneyland where they literally like set up little velvet ropes and like put the characters behind them because it's like the whole draw to evermore is that you are
1: more interacting
0: and mm-hmm. like yeah like when I went I had my fortune told by somebody and I got in an argument with that one guy what was he the really tall he was like this big old what was he he was a um knight he he was like an evil knight or what yeah she would ask me it's been so long I know I can't remember he had a very <laughs> distinct name him. anyway he was a big old guy like he was Tall thing with a voice, but
1: he oh was like, God. uh, it's anyway. gonna get me like later in the episode when we're like, it's.
0: And so, th- <laughs> this is your other problem, right? Is there's people who like go along with things, and then there are people like me that do a light antagon- <laughs> antagonizing of the characters.
1: Um, see, that stuff is all fun in games, yeah. but yeah, I mean, not everybody has the social awareness that you would have where you know where the line is. Mm-hmm. And so, and that goes with any job out there, but Evermore presents its own challenges. But it, it is, I, I love it. I love it so much. It's fun to play. It's fun to play and it's really fun to watch and see the joy that, or the magic moments is what we call it, that especially little kids will have with our characters. It's so cute. It's really cute. I love it.
0: Can you think of like a specific one, like a specific moment
1: that you're like, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so we have um in in the summertime specifically, our dragons will be out and you can actually meet them. Um, and
0: what do the dragons look like?
1: Uh, we we've, we've got from large, like huge life size, down to handheld.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But there was one specifically, it was this little boy's birthday and he was there with his sister and cousin, I believe. And they were, he was turning five and the other two were younger than him, but he loved dragons so much. He loved them so much. So we, we had this moment where I was playing the dragon wizard and I had one of my dragon trainers with me and we were teaching him all of these things. And then when it came time to test it, one of our incredible performers was, was the dragon. And, um, we had, we had let him know that this kid was going to be learning certain things and that you have to improv very well to work at Evermore Park. Like you have to have a good understanding of, of yes. And no, but no, and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the little boy was telling this dragon what to do. And one of the commands that we had taught him and the actor just took it and rolled with it. And the kid started jumping up and down, and he was like, "I think the dragon tricks!" You wow. like it's just it's just really cute. But that happens with adults too. Like people get really really excited. I've also this world has introduced me to incredible creativity that human beings can do. Like I've done theater for a very long time, and you can judge me if you want. Cats the musical is my favorite.
0: I will I, judge you. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think every show brings out this incredible ability that the human has to create things. And I personally feel that cats is the epitome of that because it from ranges from music, movement, costuming, makeup, all of this lighting, uh set.
0: I love it. That's every musical though.
1: Yes. The things you described. <laughs> that is every musical, but this is a weird one because it's cats. <laughs> so it's anyways, it's great. And and you've got that aspect with evermore too. Um, but I didn't realize the talent just everyday folk have of creating their own characters. There was one impressive person where she made, um, full on half dragon body as a mm-hmm. world walker and would walk around like a tail. And it was absolutely incredible. Just seeing what people can do is it just brings joy. Cause I'm like, oh, you're so talented and I'm really <laughs> proud of you. I don't know who you are, but good on you. I know when I went,
0: because I am not a costume person, I wore my dragon onesie. Yeah, you did. I, have, <laughs> I think I have two onesies and one is a dragon. Um, and That's when you I, voted for the mayor. I voted for the mayor as a dragon. <laughs> but people were very, it was hot. So I was only half wearing it. And people were like, so did you like slay a dragon and you're wearing it? Or are you a dragon? And I was like, man, I was not prepared for these questions. But one of the best moments, maybe this was a different time where I was wearing the full onesie. And I turn and there's a little girl and she's also dressed like a dragon. And we both just turn at the same time and shake our tails at each other. And it just like, I was like, I don't know what just happened, but we just instinctively knew the like dragon greeting. <laughs> it was like the best moment of my life. And like, I I know it was just with Jace, I don't remember who else, but everyone was like, that just happened. Like it just, yeah, it, you create an environment for just like everybody just kind of like, like even me who, like I said, I'm not, I don't get super into it. Like you still get into it because it's just so, yeah. Like I think it's the same reason people love Harry Potter or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, as soon as you incorporate like magic into the regular world, it is, I mean, it's magical, right? That's why we say things are magical because it just, it does that for you. And I think even if you don't super love fantasy as a genre, or if you're like not into d and I think everybody can benefit from like immersing themselves in it. Once or twice, or several times. <laughs> well, it's just a nice escape. Yeah, nice yeah. escape from like the reality of you know, or the pains of whatever you're experiencing. To go to a world that like anything's possible,
1: and you know, you can be anything or do anything. Like that's nice. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think about it a lot. I I really feel like Evermore is the place where all fandoms go. Mm where they can all play at the same time, because you don't, you can come into the park and participate in the adventures that we provide, but a lot of people bring in their own story arcs and play in, in our realm and, um, just enjoy the aesthetic and it really helps, it helps them. So it's interesting. We've got people that are obsessed with, with solely supernatural, they're solely Harry Potter. Mm. Um, it's, it's Peter Jackson, all, all these, Lord of the Rings it's all it's all great it's just high fantasy come as you are or come whatever you want to be
0: yeah because I know one time I went you had pirates you Mm -hmm. had trolls you had knights you had rangers you know you had all these different things where it's like I feel like other places you don't necessarily see pirates and knights or you know whatever it might be and so also, just want to say that it is creepy in the creepy times of the Halloween times. I was like, wasn't there zombies? Yeah. I did not like the zombies. But a lot of people do like that kind of stuff. So go to Halloween if you want to be chased by zombies. Slowly chased, but it still scared me. Yeah, it's a little scary. <laughs> and it's night. You like you're literally out in the nighttime and the zombies chase
1: you towards the creepy graveyard. Yeah, it's it's an outdoor park. So you can go in the buildings, um, but the m- the majority of it is under the beautiful night sky. And so that adds to adds to the fantasy realm as well. And
0: other times you go and there's ducks and nice people. So <laughs> you just don't know. Also, the food is decent. There's like good fries. So
1: that's my plug. They're mac and cheese right now. Oh, I Discribe- love mac and cheese. So the I would mac- go just for the and mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so the mouthful of mac and cheese is mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. It's cheesy. Mm-hmm. The noodles are cooked perfectly, mm-hmm. but it also you can get it in a bread bowl. Oh, let me tell you, I don't tend to get it in a bread bowl because I really like to mix my fries with it, and it adds the perfect amount of salt to potato. To I'm a weird one.
0: <laughs> okay, what kind? That of- sounds so good. <laughs> Cheese? Are we talking? Is it like very? Is it strong? Like a strong, sharp cheddar, or is it like a just very classic mac and cheese?
1: Classic mac and sneeze. Yeah.
0: And then you add it with the fries. And do they still have the truffle fries?
1: They don't have the truffle fries anymore, um. But I know the truffle fries are amazing.
0: Those are so good. But
1: the 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 food actually changes per season as well, so it really depends. Right now we have um, chicken strips and we have pulled pork. I'm a huge fan of the pulled pork, guys. Mm-hmm. I get it without the bread because I like to get more meat too.
0: Mm,
1: and you eat that yeah. with fries. Idea. Yeah, oh yeah. And I also eat it without the sauce because the seasoning of the meat alone is divine, tasty, fine, delish. So get up all in my mouth. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: pulled pork also goes well with mac and cheese. So
1: yeah. And then we have we have a building that's solely dedicated to sweets, so you can get um, very highly themed Evermore drinks to ice cream, to cotton candy, to. I was going
0: to ask about cotton candy.
1: Yeah. It's called fairy floss. It's really good. (laughs) I really
0: like cotton candy. That's my weakness. Um,
1: yeah, that's really
0: good. That's a a pretty good plug for Evermore.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Um,
0: I did, I did want to know, how do you teach somebody a dialect?
1: Um, you have to figure out how they learn. Okay, um, most of the people we've lucked out learn by ear
0: say, okay, how would you teach me how to, a dialect?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it would depend on what dialect you want. and um, Irish so i Irish. um Irish is a bit higher up in your register, and it sounds a okay. bit like <laughs> you're gonna have to choose a phrase minus titty potatoes to get into the Irish, but it's, I spend a lot more time with Scottish. So I had to be really careful if I'm doing Irish, I will swing into a Scottish accent. tee potatoes. <laughs> Top of the morning, Julia. Like,
0: is tee potatoes a thing?
1: <laughs> it's not.
0: Okay. It's just yeah. sound.
1: <laughs> um, when you're learning a dialect, it's, it's, it's more sounds that you associate the words with. Mm, so if you're learning okay. English or your English, if you're learning British, a British dialect, there's bath words and, and bah, ah bah. that kind, kind of stuff. So it's really based on the sounds that you're learning. So if you pick up sound very well, it's easier for me to teach. Um, there's an incredible resource um, that I like to share with my actors. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me find it really quack.
0: Because <laughs> I feel like to people who don't know how to do accents, it's like, this isn't teachable. It's like it feels like impossible
1: to learn, but um it's it's really, really great. There's a book that you can read. Um, but it's a, there's a website. Um yeah, especially like Irish,
0: Scottish, like South South of England, mm-hmm. different regions are oh, different. Let me just find it. Though I imagine people don't super care at ever i mean like people do but like do they care that you all sound the same like that you all or can you be like well my character is from this part of england
1: so we -hmm. we will teach different accents so yeah we'll have we'll have a cockney we'll have rp which is um just it's different than the queen's english it's just standard british Mm -hmm. um and then we'll have yorkshire Mm -hmm. or um yeah is it, it there we we go from all over the place but it's called DialectsArchive.com, um and it's international it's this guy worked so hard for this it's every accent you that that we know of cool. and you can listen he interviews people and he has them read stories in the with their natural accent so you can go as thick as you want or as as light as you would like so um, out here in Utah, we have to go pretty light because it's hard to understand, especially if it's if it's a true Scottish accent. That's a bit deeper, um, guttural throat type down in the larynx um, type. You're accent.
0: good. I could just sit and listen to you do all your accents.
1: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you're very kind. And then if it's a standard British, you're just very high up here and very classy sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be under- understandable. Like we we <laughs> rarely touch French. Because we've yet to find an actor who can um, speak in a French accent where it's clear and concise and not uh, hard to understand, really.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm watching an Irish TV show, and it is very different than when I was with, like, an Irish cab driver. (laughs) I'm trying to remember what she kept saying. Dairy
1: Girls? Is it Dairy Girls you're watching? Uh, No, it's
0: Bad Sisters. You guys, it's so good. but it's, It's dark comedy
1: which we love yeah I'm I think I think you would like it but I don't <laughs> know
0: if everyone listening would like it but it's it's Irish dark comedy about a bunch of sisters and I, I think it's amazing but it. it's also not over yet so if it ends in a way by the time this airs it will have ended and I'm worried that I'm telling everyone it's good and then it's gonna like end in a way that ruins it you know because it's a whole mystery thriller so I'm like they can make like their that?
1: own decisions up but just know she's a writer. She knows good stuff. It's
0: probably good. Like <laughs> everyone behind it seems really great and seems to know what they're doing. But I've been betrayed too many times with bad endings. Listen, listen. I and- know. <laughs> I get that. I I should have waited to tell everyone it's good, but it is it is good. And if it's if the ending's bad, just don't watch the
1: ending. Um, <laughs> that's what I do a lot of times. She'll follow up. She'll post and let you know on her Instagram story or something. <laughs> like. Um, Remember how I told you this? Scratch that. Just watch halfway through the season. It's great. Make up your own ending.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so that's very different than the cab driver that was like, I wish I could remember one of the phrases she said. She was like, I was like, fucking men aren't worth like worth something, but it was like, it was like the most Irish insult, but it sounded so good. It didn't sound as mean it sounded mean but like insults yeah. sound
1: so much better from someone who doesn't live in America <laughs> they yeah. just do they get away with it because it's charming and also really like they get right they get right to the yeah the heart of it whereas American accents are just so clear <laughs> <laughs> you can really tell with an American accent if somebody hates you <laughs>
0: Yeah, also, so you also have to teach people because they're not reading lines. So they also have to learn like the different vocab, like British vocab is different.
1: Mm -hmm. Especially because it's uh, time period. (laughs) We don't say that in park. Um, It's just time period appropriate type stuff. So um, when I was elected mayor, um, they had to call me Madame Mayor instead of um, Monsieur Le Maire. My actual name um Now that I'm talking about it, you're gonna be like, "What kind of stuff?" And I can't, I can't remember. I was
0: just thinking of Austin. I was like, "What am I thinking of right now?" Austin Land, where she's like, "Bloody
1: Americans, <laughs> you are the queen." <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you I love.
0: Did. Do your Jennifer Coolidge.
1: <laughs> I don't even
0: care what you say. Um,
1: um, can I swear on here? Uh, probably. okay. We'll let's we'll go. With, <laughs> we'll go with the Jennifer Coolidge in Austin Land. Um ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Jane, I know what it's like to be treated by awful men, but at least it's not gonna happen at this place. <laughs> Come on, give me a hug. Oh, and by the way, don't use the chamber pots. <laughs> Apparently the toilets do work here and they don't really know what to do if it's just piled high. <laughs> so <laughs> get on with the game, you old windbag. There you go. <laughs> <How's that? laughs> <laughs> so sad
0: <laughs> even though she's funny also uh, you know she improvised like most of that yeah. movie they
1: wrote that character for her she's not in the book
0: i think a lot of it's different than the book right i don't know i've not read the, read the book's, book's pretty like jane austen <laughs> and then the movie was hessified napoleon dynamite so and, good
1: so um, good anyway what other questions do you got <laughs> I'm
0: quite impressed with your uh, impersonations. I feel like I just want to like start throwing out more. And just that, was that you chose
1: that part. <laughs> well, it's it's actually one of the longest monologues that she has. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least you're coming and not her. <laughs> Do you think those are their real faces? <laughs> Hey, you think this is the chitty chitty bang bang car? I
0: also love the way the other, sorry to anyone who hasn't seen Aslan, but the way the other girl, she's like, bosom sisters. Make haste. Yeah. Because she's like faking an accent.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, throw out another uh, accent, Grace. Oh, man. Um that won't sound offensive.
1: Do you like a like a southern bell? Well I do declare <laughs> that one's very easy for me. I watched a lot of the golden girls so Blanche Devereaux is, is one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> I do declare can anyone do a southern accent without first saying I do declare probably yeah. the the Looney Tunes uh Character, what's the the chicken? He always does that. Do
1: you know I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is his name? Foghorn or something? Yeah. What? I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> what is your favorite role? Kind of role to play? Villain. Really?
1: Yeah. Straight up villain. <laughs> I I excel at the the comedic relief. That is mm. that is my cast ability. Well, let me just quickly say, I don't believe fully in castability, but a lot of people go by that rule. What castability is, is you play your strengths, right? Mm So I'm naturally just a loud person Mm -hmm. and that tends to be funnier for the most part. So a lot of the roles that I've played, which I love, and I would do these shows over and over and over again, but Um, Adela and the Little Mermaid, that's one of those mer sisters, um, the drowsy chaperone and the drowsy chaperone, like these funny characters, like they're funny. (laughs) Um, But a a lot of people see my my physical look, they see that as, oh, we could play that off as somebody who is like, just the funny throwaway character. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to be careful with that because then you'll cast somebody and actors should know their strengths and should believe in themselves. So this might sound egotistical, but I know what I can do. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody's gonna put me in that role, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna run with it. And I often end up being the favorite character over the main character. I've <laughs> Mrs. Elton
0: it. and Emma. I have seen it after when she comes out after a show. Everybody comes to her, people who don't know her. I mean, obviously I'm biased and I'm like, you are the best, <laughs> but people who don't know her come up to her and say, you are our favorite to watch and you don't I think you don't do it in a way that you're stealing the show but it's like that is how those side characters are written a lot of, in a lot of these shows right is to be this comedic relief this is maybe the whole tangent but a lot of shows the main the main characters are boring yeah right that's like just how shows are written and so it's like that's on them but um I guess I'm just saying that yeah, you are always stealing the show.
1: But I, I because try, you commit. I try like, really, really hard not to steal from the, the scenes and stuff. But like that's something that I, I really, really work hard on. I worry a lot about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely. That was kind of my brother. Like he only did theater in high school, but
0: that was my brother too. Where he would just like there because every show has that like comedic relief throwaway Mm -hmm. thing you know since Shakespeare right um and yeah he was always that role too and he would always be so hilarious and he had big curly hair at one point too so he really just was like um and those roles are so fun but it is hard when you're trying to like build a career as an actor I'm sure to like those are such important no small roles right those are such important roles they're the most fun roles i feel like mm-hmm. but they're fun you probably feel some pressure to be like a lead because that's like for whatever I, reason considered better even though they're worse
1: do you know what okay i have so many so many things so many thoughts and and i hope this isn't offensive to anybody first castability i feel like that word and that mindset is very limiting to a performer um because there will be other directors that's like, no, I would like a pleasantly plump female lead. I would like an alto to play this character, blah blah blah. But um it's also fascinating because you have this when you're playing a, say a comedic relief character who is just supporting and not a lead. Like in we'll we'll use the drowsy chaperone as an example. The titular character is the drowsy chaperone. She is not the lead. Mm-hmm she is there for comedic relief to sing a song about being drunk. That doesn't really make sense, but somehow it all connects because of the seriousness of, of the man in chair. Yeah. Um, But something that's so lovely about playing a supporting role in general is that you have, especially, I'm going to go with comedic because I have more freedom because I have more experience in comedic relief, but you have more creative freedom and it gives you the opportunity to bring an element of yourself into this character that say is super well known. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, I'll use the Mer sisters from the little mermaid as an example. Um, they're considered quote, just ensemble, Mm -hmm. but have this little shining moment. And just a side note, when somebody says just ensemble, oh, I'm just ensemble. You are so vital to Mm -hmm. a show. I would dare say you're you are more important than the lead because you are the backbone. You are often setting the scene that the create bringing to life the world that the main character lives in. You are the story. The main character just happens to be the large part the, or the one individual who gets to tell their story in this. Take, when you're an ensemble member, you get to create your character and be that character and you're living your own life. It's just not the one that's being showcased in that moment. So you are just as important Please stop saying I am just ensemble because you make the show. And tangent. Anyway. Per
0: reach, that is such a good way to say
1: that. I just I I understand the desire to want to be that main character that has the powerhouse song, and and I don't get cast in leading singing roles. I get cast in the comedic relief ones, until Drowsy Chaperone really came around, um, and now people are like, "Oh, you can you can really sing," and I'm like,
0: "Thanks." I, I've been knowing that.
1: thanks so much i appreciate you but like they they like to have these people i'm a i'm i'm what's called a contra alto with a mezzo swing range Mm -hmm. um but my my good healthy sound is in my lower register and so that doesn't it's not written for a lot in musical theater um and that's kind of hurtful but also pleasantly plump individuals are also not written a lot although we are getting more of them which i'm really grateful for um but they're not originally written for that role right mm-hmm. they're just we're getting more you have like hairspray yeah <laughs> yeah that's it um Town is has actually started to cast more real looking people they still have to be a quadruple threat you have to sing dance act and um sometimes play an instrument mm-hmm. um but yes yeah
0: well yeah. And- anyway
1: that's a tangent but I love comedic roles and I will continue to audition for them because I do know, I think it's really, really fun. But to go back to your question, my favorite is a villain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you get booed, you know, you've done your job.
0: When I saw Funny Girl, <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy comes out and because uh, she dates this, for those of you who don't know Funny Girl, he, she's like with this guy who's like not that great. Right. And he comes out and everybody just goes, Ugh. like collectively and he literally he stops and looks at the audience like what because he hadn't actually done anything bad yet <laughs> like but we just knew we just knew like she was like saying this whole song about how she was going to see him and everyone's like don't do it and he came out and was like this is gonna go poorly but it was such a fun reaction to like for everyone to feel that simultaneously
1: um, it's a joy it's a thrill you also as an actor you get to jump into a life of life of someone else and so for a lot of people going to a show is their escape whereas Mm -hmm. in my experience and a lot of the people I've worked with their escape is is being able to put on a costume and portray a different person altogether and it gives them an ability to to walk in somebody else's shoes and and learn a little bit become more well-rounded and learn from their experience obviously it's not the say Diary of Anne Frank, that is not the exact experience that they went through. Obviously Mm -hmm. we could never recreate that moment. We would never want to, but having the ability to to walk in somebody else's shoes so that you learn so much. Actors have such a cool job because you get to do everything Mm -hmm. um, without having the responsibility of it. But you do have the responsibility in the sense of making sure that you tell a true and honest, genuine story, whether you are the villain, the main character ensemble and the comedic relief. Every single role that you get, you have a responsibility to to play in a true, honest way. Um, and and you want to, especially if you're playing a character that is a historical figure you need you need to pay the respect to that person. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. have to. Mm-hmm. And and some the cool thing about doing theater as well. I'm sorry, I'm on a tangent. Mm-hmm. The really cool thing about doing all these different like fantasy shows um or like just stories like say i was in the regional premiere of emma jane austen's book emma was brought to life and i got to be in that as mrs elton and a couple other characters and these aren't real people but you learn a lesson from every single character and every every bit like mrs elton she's a hoot and half and <laughs> And I love her so much, but what I learned from her was the importance of being humble and and playing your strengths, very important. It's very, very important. Like she is, she knows that she's good at at throwing a a soiree, a Mm -hmm. party. So making sure that you know how to use those strengths, but also make sure that the person that you're with also looks good. Always set the people up that you're with for success. You have to. Cinderella says it best in the live action. Have courage and be kind. I'm just saying. And that's what I put in every single one of my bios. <laughs> First of all, Tanagent.
0: Fun. Nice. Second of all, I, like, I, I like the whole thing <laughs> about like getting into the mindset of the character because a few weeks ago, we had my friend Mara on who switched from acting to therapy and she said that it, like really helped her, and actually, I was just at her wedding this weekend, and her dad reiterated that like when she was making that choice, it was it wasn't like oh you waste all this time learning to act to now go into therapy. It's like look at how much you learned about human nature mm-hmm. and different kinds of people that you can now take into therapy or any other thing. So yeah, shout out to acting as a craft, hobby, and or profession.
1: It is. It's awesome. I love that.
0: Okay. Um. So I forgot to tell you this, but every every episode at the end, we ask people what's something they wish everybody knew. So basically, you have an audience. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to do with anything we're talking about. But what do you wish people knew?
1: Um. One thing I wish that everybody knew was the importance of being kind and remembering people. No matter who you are, you could be the happiest someone has something going on at all times. So as Cinderella said, you must always have courage and be kind.
0: Excellent. That is solid advice from Tana, the casting acting wonder (laughs) (laughs) Onesie wearing. Yes, onesie wearing one of a kind. There you go. Thank you for joining us. This is fun. I'm glad you had fun. I had fun. (laughs) Rue had fun and uh, thanks everybody for listening